into the area. Janček, stab through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Welcome back to Scars Around the Funnel. It's definitely welcome back this week because we are on to episode 151, part 2 of our podcast, which is always dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. Uh, I won't speak too much this week. I am Laurie Dunsire. Mark Donaldson is alongside me, but we're midway through our chat with Jamie McDonald. So let's get stuck right back into that. If you're opening and listening to this one and you haven't heard the first part, then you should probably go back to part one of episode 151 because otherwise it won't flow very well. But anyway, let's get stuck back in to our chat with Hearts goalkeeper, former Hearts goalkeeper and Hearts Cup winner, Jamie McDonald. <laughs> Anne Waddle messaged and said, what were your feelings when you woke up on the morning of 19th of May 2012? Was it a... Was it a case of being confident? Yeah. Uh, oh, it was. Do you know it was a tough week? See the the build up to, to never mind the week, the whole month. Obviously, once we had beat Celtic, and, and they had obviously it was Aberdeen they had beaten the semis. Um, the whole the month leading up to it was just was just mental. Obviously in Edinburgh because that's all everybody was talking about. The kind of league became. Like null and void for everybody in Edinburgh at that point. Yeah. The the week leading up, you know, it was there was confidence because our record obviously against Hibs that season was great. You know, I think we won every game. Um, I just and even just going the previous seasons, our, our our record against Hibs overall was obviously was pretty good um, overall at that time. But it was just the. Uh, there was always, I suppose it's always the, you know, the wee devil on the shoulder as well. It's, it was one of the ones where it was like, there was two options with a game. It was, we were going to be one of the most loved Hearts teams in history or going to be the most hated Hearts team in history. And, you know, that, that was the, the realism of it. You know what I mean? There was no in between. It was, you know, win or lose. That was, that was your kind of two options. So I think for us, you know the way the players treated it and things. I, I think there was a there was almost that siege mentality. It was like we cannot lose this. You know there was as much as we had dominated them throughout that season when we played them. I think there was always the there was always that little bit of of doubt there, not doubt but just um, nervousness. That obviously, if you did lose, it'd be an, it would have been an absolute disaster. But um, you know, I, I think overall, our what is it they say is it our our need was more near want or whatever it is, whatever the saying is. But um, I think you know we we just wanted it more because we had to win. Ryan McGowan message saying uh, he just said to bring up Ian Black the morning of the parade. At the chambers. <laughs> Did Blackie make it to the morning of the parade? Well, he just says uh, at the chambers. Then there's lots of laughing emojis. <laughs> I can't even remember. I can just remember walking off the bus after the game on the way back to Tynecastle. I think it was me, Ian Black, and Darren Barr. I think we were on the BBC <laughs> cameras and <laughs> we're all absolutely flying at that point. Um, obviously, a few drinks on the way back. Uh, for Hamden, but I'm sure Blackie, I'm positive he was being sick in the morning of the Chambers, to be honest. I think he was rough as toast. <laughs> uh, I think his eyes were still left in wherever he stayed the night before. <laughs> he, had a, he had a bit of a glazed look at that interview, but he's only about <laughs> five foot two. He probably had about three beers, did he know? Aye, aye, a couple of beers. Rudy with the firewater. Rudy used to come round with it. He'd come round with this Czech firewater. It was absolutely... Oh, Mate, everybody it, shot it. Was it, um, is it Sleva 
Slivovichka, is that what they call oh, it? Oh, it could be. I don't know what it was, but it was lethal anyway. Uh, so I, well, I think half the boys were drinking the way him, right? Rudy just going around pouring it everybody's mouth. <laughs> Absolutely lethal. <laughs> what was he like to have in the team? Ah, oh, brilliant. I, I, do you know what? He's obviously the first time round, he was fantastic. Um, when he came back that second time, he maybe didn't move as well. Um, sometimes, you know, if you probably ask a lot of the boys, they would probably say they like they tough to do is running half the time. But I, the one, Ryan said that. <laughs> it was, it was the way it was. Like you knew that you'd maybe obviously play with almost ten men, but you knew if you got the ball to um thirty-five yards to goal, anything within that, it was going to produce something special. And you know, I think he did it the full season. Obviously, the cup final, especially. Um, you always knew with Rudy, you had that, that bit of magic, that bit of quality that he was he was going to produce something for you. And you know that <laughs> I don't think boys mind you doing the running for him when you know you've got somebody with that talent and could ping one in the top bin for thirty five yards. One man who also benefited from um, Kello's, uh, I guess, uh, losing his place in the team was my former co-commentator on Hearts TV who also messaged me. This is Mark Ridgers who just says, <laughs> how good were my warm-ups? <laughs> <laughs> the best. The big man could ping a ball. The big man was good. He, big Mark, Mark's a great lad, you obviously. You see, you know him. You know him well and he's, you know, he's such a happy, happy, loving guy. And he, you know, he's a good, good lad to have about the change. You know, even, even then, in his younger years, um, and you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad that he's he's up in Vaness playing week in week out. You know, he's a fantastic goalkeeper, and you know, he's he's done well, and you know, he's as I say, he's he's, he's a, such a great lad to have about the place. Um, always laughing and joking, and and making things, you know, having a laugh, and and probably it probably helped. Like see when you you talk about warm ups and maybe even light at the cup final, you know. I've, I've never been so nervous in my life. I think it's the you know it's the one time I actually was sick in the back of the goals in my warm up. Oh, I think I've heard you mentioning that before. Dude, we've been shooting at the end, and I just uh, I think just the whole nerves got to me, and then you know it's the it's the one and only time that I've ever done in my in my career. But I think it's good having somebody like Mark about as well, who he's not too serious. He, he keeps things quite light, and you know it's probably a, a good person to have about as well. Then who who likes a wee laugh and a joke. Question for you, Jamie. Ryan McGowan has mentioned a couple of questions and sent them to, to Laurie in our group <laughs> chat. Um, what, what about uh, a story about Ryan that he would never tell himself, either he's embarrassed or whatever, but you could tell about him? So whether it's that cup run or just as a teammate, what would you, what would be your kind of your best Ryan McGowan story? That's quite difficult. See, I'm not, uh, my memory's not great with a lot of these things. Like there's Ryan, I think he's, he's got a photographic memory with everything. He remembers everything, even the black ends. I can't remember that. See, he's <laughs> Gowser. The thing about Gowser, obviously, he's, he's an R one. He was just he's a bit of a pest. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> Ryan always liked to. He's just more a joker. Eh? He was he was a very much again somebody that a young lad at the time, and he liked to laugh and a joke. He, he's somebody. He's one of the ones you need. You, you obviously need the balance in the changing rooms. You don't want too many jokers where. Um, you know, it's everything's just a piss take all the time. But you you do need the the few, and, and Ryan was definitely one of them. You know, I think he's always bouncing about, laughing. He's even in training. You know, he's he's always trying to make people and <laughs> rip the piss out of people. You know, he, he's just one of the lads that's that's always on it. He's always hyper. Was he annoying? Oh yeah, very annoying. Really, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that annoying? Sure, was sure. that? <laughs> that's a good impression. <laughs> That's a good impression of him, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he is, um, he, aye. You, you all know probably even just for your group chat, he'll probably ping it about a million times. He doesn't, he, he's always on the go, isn't he? And he's, um, he's a lovable character, and you know, he's, he's always safe. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate Does he that. know he's here? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, big fella. I'm good, mate. How are you? 
I'm going to say anything bad about you. You had no I idea got... that he was coming on. Nah, I just not got at sent all. a link. Mark just sent me a link saying join in now. Jammer's talking about you. <laughs> good thing it was all good things then. I was just about. I was just about to leave this conversation if you said anything bad there. <laughs> I'll, we'll uh, just leave uh, you two to it. You don't want to hear from us. That's great, mate. It's good. It's just back from training, so it's good timing actually. What time? That's super race. There. We're two hours ahead. We're two hours ahead here. You're just back to training, is it that? Yeah, we train at eight o'clock. It's about 55 degrees, but it's all good. I was hoping you... I forgot that you have a bad memory. Oh, mate, my memory's horrendous. What was the blackie thing? Was he spewing? just remember him abusing the um, people in the chambers, remember? Because everyone was... Remember, we were, obviously, he didn't really have much sleep. And, and it was like a bit of a... It was a bit of a serious do. Remember the guy was um, up talking? Oh, for the... Him and, yeah, before What's we got on the bus. Name? What's the guy's name? Who's the, the Lord Provost? Yeah. Ah, it, uh, it was him, wasn't it? The guy with the glasses. <laughs> yeah. Blackie's like in the back, who's this guy? Get him off. <laughs> <laughs> I remember now. What's his name again? He's a Harps fan, is he not? I'm pretty sure he was a Harps fan. The Lord Provost. Well, Eric, Mil- Eric Milligan was in, in 1998, but I'm sure it was there not another Harps Lord Provost, a Harps supporting Lord Provost. That's what I was but I remember now I uh, was sitting getting them dogs you're asking sure, two of the drunkest people in Edinburgh on that day <laughs> if you remember who the guy was it was I was up I remember, remember Paolo um, taking off all our beers like walking around being like right you can have beers after the bus like yeah he was getting a bit annoyed at us because we were all obviously still hammered <laughs> and and as get... he was taking as he was taking all the beers off Lockie was two metres behind him <laughs> just, just replacing him <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy called George George Grubb who was there until 2012 and then Donald Wilson. So it might have been, I don't know, George nah, Grubb or maybe something. No, maybe I'm hanging somebody else in. But... Yeah, you could name him. I wouldn't be able to tell you who it was. Uh, Milligan, Milligan was the Hearts fan that was drinking the Buckfast. Uh, I, I must be hanging to him as in, in the Hearts fan. Aye. Yeah. Aye, he was a Hearts fan and it was, he was on the Buckfast. That was that. Was that. I can't believe he didn't set him up with a bastard of a story and then he jumped on and went nuts. That went all right, but it could have been a lot worse. I'm not, I'm not a lot better. I don't have any, you've memories. got the wrong impression. I don't have bad, I don't have any bad stories nah, like that. He's just he's annoying. I, I'll, I'll stand by the annoying quote. Uh, he's, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> it's just made a living out of being annoying. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite laid back in things like that. And he likes to, he's always on the go. Scarves around the McGowan. <laughs> yes, silly goalies are always away anyway, just trying to yeah. catch and kick the ball. Exactly. Down the fire under the, the, the mud. Exactly. Right, yeah, that's true have, though. You should have heard them, Ryan. I mean, talking. He's like, I. It wasn't all about Kane that day. It was all about me. I saved the penalty, and that should be remembered by <laughs> oh. Harry Kane because he just missed the penalty on his debut. But I saved it. That, honestly, we've had about an hour of him talking about that penalty. <laughs> he should have had a red card, McGowan. He should have been sent off that day. It's, uh, well, at least it's not as bad as Gordon Smith, who just messages me once a month saying, "Remember, I hit the crossbar at White Hart Lane." We got it. <laughs> hey, that's a good name though. Did he not score the winner against Auckland Lake? He did. He did. So, Pencastle. So he, yeah. he should be. He should be mentioned that more than probably the pattern crossbar. But he's a big. Um, I suppose when you look back in that, he's a big, big part of the cup run as well. We Gogsy. Do you want to ask the questions then? Now you're here. Yeah, rather than Laurie asked the question from Ryan McGowan. <laughs> um. I'm just going through the chat. I think I sent some stupid messages in. I think. Did you know ask about whether he was worried about Gary O'Connor's shot from the halfway line? Oh, yeah. Was there ever a one point when you seen <laughs> Big Gaz O'Connor shoot from the halfway line that you were worried? <laughs> Not at all. I remember, he, I remember him doing that, and I remember thinking, "Oh, we've got him here." Yeah. Was, they were gone. You know, it was. I don't think he was worried at any point in the game. To be honest, even when they scored. <laughs> Did you take your foot off the gas though? Your foot off the pedal? Because you had gone for it a bit more. And, and as the song goes, you lucky bastards, it should have been 10. Cameron hurried up with his kicks. His goal kicks, you know, they had a chance. <laughs> I think there was, there was a point though, I think, Paolo King Day. Uh, well, maybe not so much eased off, but I think he was, uh, he, he kind of laid on at the pitch, didn't he, for the last probably 10, 15 to 
just keep the ball more than anything and no daring stupid. I think he was mm. still worried that maybe emotions got in the way and, you know, maybe we'd get a red card and there'd be a, a goal somewhere along the line for them. And I don't know, we're still a long way back, but, you know, there's probably always that, that bit. Believe me, after drawing for each at Hamilton a few weeks ago, only 20 minutes to go, <laughs> it, it, it can happen. <laughs> I was so. going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it can happen, as um, I've witnessed recently. So, Probably the sensible thing to do, but I get for the Hearts fans, um, I'm sure they wouldn't have minded a, a few more goals in the game. Robbie Nielsen would be get crucified for that. <laughs> Robbie Nielsen would <laughs> get blamed. He, he parts lost and he was nothing to do with the football club. There's, there's <laughs> no enough hands anyway. I mean, you, you can only do 5-1 on the two hands if you scored 6. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's um, you know, it's it's worth the better for the photo opportunity, isn't it? <laughs> you know, what, what would the what would the Hearts fans have if they didn't have the five one? Yeah, so exactly. it's, it's it's worked in perfectly. Plus, I always remember I was really nervous at half time because I thought we battered them the first half and we came in at half time yeah. and it was only two one. And you're thinking, geez, like there's not many games that you then think, right, we're just going to batter them for the whole second half. Yeah. I think we're all a little bit worried that like. Geez, if we don't start the second half well here, like they could get a yeah. foothold in. Step up to Jabby. It wouldn't have been a concern, Ryan, if um if the goalie, the Hearts goalie that day, had kept a clean sheet. Um, I don't. I've already had I've already had pelters for the boys when we did the the big Hearts reunion thing, mm. and it says it's so, uh, the one thing I had to do in the game and I didn't do so. Just cut it across. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute, you were in front of him again, so you you must take some of the blame as well here. Sure, yeah. he was marking. I just think was in a. <laughs> you two, you two. I was just thinking, surely. I was thinking, surely my goalie. Not. Nah, surely my goalie is going to cut this off, and I'll start a breakaway. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Already yeah. bombing down the right hand wing. Yeah. <laughs> Come back, Webby, just screaming at me. He's not even done anything. <laughs> <laughs> Webby used to abuse me every, every single day. I think Webby just abused everybody, to be honest. And uh, when it was the game, or the, he's the moniest guy in the world on the football pitch. Lovely guy, him, off it, but on him it, alongside wow. Elvis. Oh, I'm glad I'm in the days. Oh, Mikey was up there. I Mikey liked him on. But Mikey he was angry. Did. He was angry, I, wasn't he? But he was angry himself half the time. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen him I fight. He's, well, he was angry at the top. world. Um, Still is. But by the way, we do a, we do a homework some weeks on this. How about the angriest Hearts eleven? Because if we've already got Webby in there, Mikey in there, Stephen Naismith's got to go in there as well. So we need eight more. We need an angry goalie for Hearts. Who would that be? Um, what was the one that the? Uh, I forgot his name. What, what about Kurskis? Kurskis. He just yeah. looked angry. I don't think he was. Yeah, angry. he was scared. He, was like a he had rest and bitch face, though. <laughs> they kind of helped themselves. So that's yeah, thought he was, we, we thought he was Romanov's security guard until he put Glasgow. <laughs> <on. laughs> <laughs> Who, me or Tuskers? Both. Both. He's <laughs> <laughs> similar. <laughs> so an angry 11. We've got three. Um, Big Craig is, by the way, Big Craig can be an angry guy. Oh. Oh, by the way, I know he listens to to um to this podcast because he he inadvertently dropped it in without hoping that we knew that he listened. He's moaning again this week. Do you know why he's moaning? So he sent me this today, and it's a list of let me tell you exactly what it is. It's a list of goalkeepers in the Premiership this season with the most saves. Craig yep. Gordon twenty four, Adam yeah, whatever that. his name is twenty two. Aye, he's moaning. He says he wants paid more because he's having to work harder than he thought he's working. <laughs> <laughs> he wants. He wants the defence to do better so he could just stick his feet up like McDonald did at Hampden in 2012. So is he he going in as the angry goalkeeper? He's probably... He he can be angry, but I don't know. If I think about going back, which is probably about your time, Doggy, was Henry Smith not a bit of a... He could be. He could be a bit angry. He could be. See, with Craig Gordon, I I don't know if... Did any of you hear um, Josh Girelli was on the This Is My Story podcast and he mentioned that in training so someone misplaces a pass everyone has a laugh rips a piss out of them every player apart from craig gordon i said i if, if craig gordon does anything wrong now everyone's just silent you can't slag <laughs> craig, you can't slag craig gordon, you can't craig gordon. <laughs> when he's when he's making saves as he still does and 
you know, he, he wins games, you know what I mean? I think he's he's obviously earned that respect for everybody. And even last season, you know, coming up against him, the big man concerned, what is he, he'll come up 39 yeah, this the, year? Yeah, end of the year, December, uh, end of December. Um, yeah, the big man's still, you know, he's still fantastic. Even watching the game at the weekend, you know, he's, he's had some cracking saves and, you know, that's that's the difference probably why they're up the top end of the table right now than, and then being at the bottom, he's to actually be honest. Angry. He's, he's really angry, goalie. Remember when um, my first um, first thing trip away to Germany mm-hmm. and everyone was like, oh, Gaza, Gaza, chip, chip him, chip him. Oh, <laughs> you didn't chip him. Remember, but no, remember we were training up on that, that hill yeah, up the hill, yeah. It. And I obviously tried to chip him and he just caught it and then just booted the ball. Oh, he does. He does down the hill. He is getting chipped. You know, remember, was it the cup final? Edward. Oh, yeah. And he, <laughs> he got the ball and launched it. <laughs> in fact, I think Craig is going in there. Craig's the angry yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah. He's only angry when he gets chipped. <laughs> what does it feel like, Jamie, to know that, you know, Buffon's still playing at 43, Craig Gordon's 39. So you'll still be playing. Gowser will be sitting with a beer belly eating crisps, watching soap operas in a few My years. You'll still on. be playing. <laughs> Is your camera on? <laughs> Looks like the scene in that dodgeball. That's what that's what Gauss would be like while you're still playing. My goodness. Is, is that does that does that give you the inspiration? Not the Gauss bit, but the fact that the likes of I know Craig's been talking about Buffon, just showing that you can still play. He's playing Serie yeah. B now, forty three. Does that make you feel like you've still got quite a few years in the tank? Yeah, definitely. I'll hopefully play. You know, the same trying. I want to play as long as I possibly can. Um, and you know, people. I think we've got obviously Buffon's a unbelievable example. As you say, forty three still playing. Um, and then obviously here you've got Craig and Alan McGregor both doing it in the Scottish Premier League still. And that's you know that's that's what you want to do. Goalkeepers, there's always been that case for goalkeepers, as they say that they they can play that a little bit longer. But um, yeah, it's something that you know right now I feel good and. Still want to try and play as long as I can, and I need to play as long as I can because I'm having a fourth kid this year in <laughs> <May>, November. So <laughs> Just about to say that. <laughs> so I, I need I need to milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> You won't even be playing. You'll just be telling your missus you're going to training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be 45. Oh, I'm still playing, oh, darling. I'm just going to train today. We've got a double today. Maybe play for two teams. If someone's playing Saturday, someone's Sunday, can you not try that? Ah, maybe. Yeah. Ah, that'd be good. I'm sure at one point could do that. We amateur gig on a Sunday. <laughs> and we do the podcast once a week, so that's a midweek taken care of. You can join McGowan and I and, and Laurie, yeah. so that's four. Uh, so we yeah, Don't let guys know that we're paying him for it. We don't pay him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically oh, part of this hey, podcast now. By the way, out the four of us that doesn't need paid to do this Jamie which one do you think that would be oh, well after seeing you in ESPN this week I'm exactly I would literally <laughs> last podcast I was on he was cruising around New York in a shrugging <laughs> exactly every time I see a picture of him he's either at a baseball game throwing a pitch or something or uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to put a fucking picture of me eating Weetabix on Facebook am I <laughs> <laughs> Someone cooks your breakfast for you, wait a fuck. Ah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> got the bears coming and stealing your food. Yeah, that's how rich you are. You've got a bear, pet bear. Yeah, he doesn't even know his bears are in his garden. <laughs> his garden is. <laughs> right. That we backfired do... spectacularly. It did, that was an own goal. That was an own goal. Right, we do have some other questions, so I'm, I'm gonna I'll throw in some serious stuff as well, because 2013, 2014, um, your last season at Hearts, uh, a difficult one in administration. Although you won Fans Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year that season, Jonathan Slatter messages and says, given how well you played in that season, did you feel you were harshly treated come the end of the campaign? Um. I've taken you from left field with a serious one, haven't I? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it's, it's it's how we answer it. You, you, if there's an honest, honest answer, or there's the uh, honest, please. The, uh, uh, the best def- policy. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I was I was absolutely gutted going into was it Budgement Day or whatever it was called. Um, I think I kind of 
when I found out in the morning, you know, that Craig Levine was kind of coming in, I, I kind of realised my, you know, my time was probably up even before I went Did he not sign you? I, I, when I was younger, he was the manager. Um, but he, see that going back to obviously when I was a youth player, you know, you stay, you stay pretty much half on all the time. Or we hope you grow, we hope you get bigger. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's one of the ones. You know, you're, you're talented, but like we hope that you you'll fill out a bit more. You'll you'll maybe grow a few inches. I, you know, I think Craig probably had similar when he was at Hearts because I'm sure he pretty much went for five eleven up to about six foot. 10 or whatever it is um, in the space of a year at Hearts as well so I think they were kind of hoping the, the same thing happened to me so it, it was kind of a wee bit writing against the wall for me um, like, and when you heard the reports on the radio going in, in the morning that you know it was Craig Levine it was taking charge and yeah I, I was I was devastated you know I had kind of you know obviously the, the, the beginning of the year you know Lockie on the phone to me Asking if I would stay, like take the wage cut and whatnot, um, along with obviously Steve Owen Hamill, and you know I was keen to stay and help the club. You know I'd been there, pretty much, you know most of my well all my adult life anyway. At that point, you know I um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I eventually had got the number one spot at a you know a massive club, and you know I think. Even like speaking to Lockie and that he was even at the time was like well hopefully you know we'll we'll get looked after type thing once this is all over and to kind of be released and as you say after like having a, a good couple of seasons as well you know was bitterly disappointing um, but that's that's just football and you know you're not going to appease everyone in football and not everybody's going to like you and. You know, it's it's one of the things that you know I'm I'm you know I'd have happily been there the rest of my career, but sometimes it's all also good to to almost get forced into a situation to go and do something different, and maybe wasn't obviously a bad thing overall to to go and experience different things at different teams. Is Neil Alexander not shorter than you? <laughs> yeah, but sign, I it? think even going back to that, you know, I think they had other they were trying to get other people in. And that, that was nothing against Neil. I, I think even, you know, I think Carts were still trying to even get Craig back at that point. Um, I think Craig, you know, he was kind of trying to make his way back for injury. Yeah, he um, went to Celtic in the end. I bet he went summer, to Celtic, which, yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think Hearts were kind of hopeful they were, they were going to entice Craig back at that point. Um, Who has what? Does five inches on you? Four? Oh, he's massive. I don't know. Wait, you... wait, sorry? <laughs> what? Ryan, help. That's a family show, no? No, <laughs> no not at all. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, you, you know just when somebody, you just know somebody doesn't really rate you. I think that's probably the honest answer if you, if you were to ask the man himself, you know what I mean? Which is fine. As I say, that's football. Um, it's all about opinions and, you know, everybody's got their own their own type of players, and obviously, I didn't fit into um, the new the new management team's plan. Is this why you always seem to play well against Hearts? Point to prove. <laughs> yeah, what's that all about? <laughs> Not at all. I, I just I just enjoy playing at Tynecastle. Ah, um, uh, it's probably just by chance. You know, I, I try to do my best regardless who we're playing, and it just happens to be a lot of time my, some of my better teams are. Are against Hearts, um, and it's, it's just one of the things. I think I didn't save a penalty, and I, I think I saved five in a row at Tynecastle. I think I've saved more penalties at Tynecastle since I left than I did when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you went on to Falkirk and Marnock, uh, most recently Wraith Rovers, a little loan at uh, Allow in between as well. But um, you also got a Scotland call up in November 2018, so still doing pretty well for yourself after Hearts. Um, one question I thought it'd be good to ask. Park the Bus Fitbar podcast asked, who was better to work under, Paolo Sergio or Steve Clark? A difficult one. Um, do you know what you I don't like Paolo? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, no, I like Paolo. I, hate, I hated Chaba. Chaba. <laughs> so did Ryan. Oh, I haven't really hated Chaba. Chaba oh, I'm not even going to get started in Chaba, but um, <laughs> Chaba nah, wanted to get started on it. 
Um, Palo, do you know Palo and Steve Clark are actually quite similar characters? That they're both quite a little bit, you know, reserved. They're no, they're no shouters. They're both even at half times, like they both go away. Um, they're actually quite similar in that way. That they, they, I remember Palo used to go away for the first five minutes and almost just like <laughs> you sit there, probably because he was hearing a fag, but. <laughs> uh, set, set up but, the smoke alarm but Steve Clark would almost do the same and no go for a fag that is but he, he would leave the players in the change room at half time for five minutes just to kind of gather thoughts before he came in and obviously talked about the game um, and funny that he, he brought that up that they are actually kind of similar, similar characters I think if obviously I've worked probably longer with Steve Clark and, and seen them more I, I probably just have to edge him ahead more because of the transformation that he brought to the Commander team. You know, I think the the Hearts team, Palo, kind of stepped in. It was, you know, there was a good team there. Um, a lot of good players were the Commander team that, that Steve Clark probably stepped into. You know, we were, there was good players, but, you know, we were obviously on a, a really, you know, bad run. You know, I think we were, you know, we hadn't won a game in the first nine games or something like that. Um, to finish fifth in his first season coming in, you know, by the same group of players, you know, that wasn't really adding anybody. That was just getting the same group of players um, going, and then obviously finishing third the following season was, you know, was a was a was a great achievement. Right. So one of you, or both of you, can answer this. So you said Paulo would go away and let the team kind of um, stew on things or, or deal with things themselves initially. So half time in a game. It's been a bad first half. You're losing, or you've just it's been a bad performance. Paulo's away, having a fag in the shower room. <laughs> who's who's the player or players that decides to they're gonna lead the the rant before the managers come back? Well, if I pick one, Ryan could probably pick another one because there's two definite candidates that would probably start <laughs> having a moan anyway. I think I can guess one at least. I'll go. I'll, I'll let you go. With it. Okay, I'll guess two. Webster and Black. Correct. <laughs> that that would be my two anyway. I think um, they would definitely be the two that would, that would be sitting having a, a mump and a moan anyway. <laughs> probably more Blackie. probably more more Blackie. Uh, Webby was probably actually calmer off the pitch in these situations. It was more on the pitch Webby liked to moan. Blackie would just moan all the time though. Yeah, Blackie would just be moaning about things that you shouldn't really be moaning about. <laughs> you just generally just moan yeah. about everything. Because had he been paid kind of... that week or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we paid picking that on morning. Me. <laughs> <laughs> ref's picking on me. Not to be two-footed <laughs> someone knee high. You've got to yell <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first tackle. We didn't even touch <laughs> Does he go into the angry one. 11 or does he go into the morning? Um, he's captain. <laughs> <laughs> captain. <laughs> Who else? Sleeves used to have a lot to say at half time. Yeah, aye. But in a calm way though. I like yeah. sleeves was was quite probably philosophical and all that he said. I quite like sleeves actually. Sleeves, yeah, he would say quite a bit. Um there was a lot of good characters, even like when Beats came in and things like that. Like he's you know, was obviously an experienced player that would that would always put his points across as well. Half the time half the time at half time you know why you're not playing well. Or you know yeah. the reasons why. And then sometimes it's just whether the manager would then come in and just tweak it to to sort it out. Yeah. But there's not normally it's not like what you see sometimes in the on the internet or like the, those sort of stories from yeah. back in the day when Jamal was coming through in the eighties that like everyone was going <laughs> I think it helps as well, see when you've got a good group and you don't really like that was a good group of boys and there wasn't really, you know, many issues. Considering you know probably the previous years where there was a lot of different factions, no faction but cliques maybe. I think mm. the team was a lot more cliquey the years before that, where that seemed to be quite a a team that was together. Um, yeah. And I think that probably helped things as well because you're not sitting bitching. You're you're generally wanting to do the best for everyone. Out, out of interest, um, Jamie and Ryan, when you look from afar at the, the squad that Hearts have assembled right now, with a lot of them very similar ages and, and from all the photos that appear on the Hearts social media accounts, it looks like they've got that team spirit that probably hasn't been at Hearts since since 
you two were there. Is that fair? Yeah, I suppose you could you could argue that, yeah, because they've obviously had a, a few years of, of turmoil. Where you, you know, they've obviously after the administration season, they, they seem to have it good for a couple of years. They, they bounced straight back up um, from the championship, had a decent season in the, the Premier first year back. Um, and then obviously the, the kind of few years after that started going downhill again. And you're probably, yeah, I think it helps. Um, the fact that they've, they've obviously won, they've came straight back up for the championship. You know, there'll be there'll be that disappointment for getting relegated to then the bounce back of going straight up again, and there'll be that feel good factor about the place, and you know, long may it continue for them. Yeah, they've got a good balance of people that have been there for a few years that know yeah. what the club's about, and then a few new ones that lift everybody. You know, yeah, got like Suda. Craigie, Walker's still in and about it. Yeah. Um, Halkett's been there for a few years. Yeah, by Michael Smith. Yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. They've, they've definitely got a good uh, um, a good balance of you know the older heads and and young talented players yeah. coming through. Even like uh, Boyce and Mackay Stevens, who have been in the leagues and like would be playing for a bigger club, they understand there's tricky away games, there's tricky games, there's this is going to be a difficult game. Yeah, it's Whereas not always going to be pretty. Not, yeah. Yeah, when you when you're new to the club and you don't really know, um, it's good to have those sort of senior players or those players that have been around the block to tell, hey, this is going to be actually a real difficult game, or this is going to be a, a Saint Mirren away is obviously a real hard game. We've not won there for so many years. Whereas if it's just a whole new team, they're a bit like they yeah. can get a bit of a shock when they go to those sort of play those teams. And um, yeah, I think I touched on last week. I think that. Robbie's done really well in his recruitment in terms of not only the players he's brought in, but it seems to be the characters, which is sometimes yeah. half the battle. And it, it seems as well that I think they went through a period there where they just seem to bring players in galore again mm. for a few years there, but it, it just seems that they're signing just like random players almost all the time. Where I think looking at their their, their transfer business this season, they've, they have went for probably quality rather over quantity this time. And probably got a bit of a, a, a more slimmed down or trying to slim down anyway. Yeah, probably groupy 20, 21, 22 boys. And I think that helps as well because I think sometimes when you have too many players, that, you know, that can cause its own issues. <laughs> the jobby squad. <laughs> the jobby squad. <laughs> Did you ever wonder um, two seasons ago, Jamie, if you ever caught any Hearts games and you saw Joel Pereira? Um, not managing to save basically anything that was at him. You were, <laughs> you were on loan at Alaba Athletic and wonder <laughs> here and, and he's up there. Like, you don't, I, I'm not even <laughs> the one to go and slaughter other goalies, goalies union and all, all that. I but yeah, there's, that. There's, oh, there's, there is, um, he didn't have the best of times, shall we say, at Hearts. And yeah, it can, be, it can be frustrating, to be honest. But as you say, when, you know, you see that and Boys at that level, and you know, what is he in Longfield? He was on Longfield Man U, and probably earning, you know, more far more than a year and a half in my career, a bit like Gowser. <laughs> He's probably not got four kids to, to feed as well. Jeez. <laughs> but um, nah, it's 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 just that's that's the way football goes, isn't it? It doesn't always. Sometimes you get uh, hams at a club, you know, and the boy could go and still have a good career elsewhere. Um, but, yeah, obviously it's just something that didn't really work out for Hearts at that moment in time. The goalkeeper's union, is that um, is that just because it's such a, a tough position to play? Because Gowser happily slaughters defenders all the time when he's on. It's the weirdest I, I union think, ever. Uh, as, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> you, you won't really find goalkeepers really having a go. Even when you know it as a genuine mistake, there'll always be some... <laughs> no, nah, but there'll always be some form of reason why he's made that mistake. Like they'll they'll try to be a logical explanation for it to try and make it less bad when it because they weren't very good, rather than just saying it was shite. Uh, but <laughs> I told um, you it's a weird union. That <laughs> is, that's where you go. You you stick by your goalies. It's because we know how hard a position it is. Everybody else likes to slaughter us. It doesn't matter where you go. 
what level you're at, I, I think goalies probably just get pounded for every single other player and manager and coach. I think that's just the way it is. So <laughs> you're just telling me that last season, you know, you just said that basically Craig Levine binge you because you weren't as tall as Craig Gordon, and you you go up to you go up to Craig last season, you see him four inches above you. Looking handsome, still got all his hair, and you didn't just think. Okay, that's a low blow of that because I've got no hair now. That is <laughs> that's where you nah, lost your heart. That's <laughs> got a big quiff. And to be fair, he's gaining himself an extra couple inches with his quiff now. I'll, yeah, I'll say that. Quiff. <laughs> Plus, Jamie used to love Craig. He, Jamie used to love. Craig. What do you mean, you stay still love him? Oh, he's, he's the biggest man crush ever. <laughs> Still got a man crushing him. Oh, Texts him every day. Never texts me back as much, though. Oh, join the club. He never comes back to us, either. <laughs> um, by the way, transfermarket.com. I just had a wee look to see what the value of the Kuwait SC squad was and the Wraith Rovers squad and the Hearts squad. So um, it's got Ryan McGowan as worth £400,000 and Jamie McDonald worth £250,000 right now. That's all right. That's not bad. I'll take that. That's not right. Yeah. Right. That. 35 that years old. That was your signing on fee. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, that's, that's, that stayed the same. That's what, that's what Shangdong bought me from Hearts. I've obviously not got any better or worse. <laughs> oh, you've got older. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> You've got older and you're still the same. Um, it says the most expensive or the highest rated player in your squad. Second highest is John Obi Mikel, but the highest is um, Jim FC Mbukani. The boy, is that fair? Mbukani, yeah, he's our striker. He's right. He's got a lot of. Right, who do you think? Who do you think they've got rated the highest valued Wraith Rovers player? Transfermarket.com. Highest valued Christoph. <laughs> They've got him at 250 with a red arrow, i.e., he was worth more, but he's gone. Previous market value was 300k. Um, highest value so more than Christoph. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not Christoph. Dario Zanata. Z- Dario's a good shout, to be fair. Dario's, Dario's 50 grand less than you. Really? But he's, maybe because he's. I suppose he started the season well. Maybe. Um, the second highest. I have a Lewis Vaughn's um, in there. Second highest is Dylan Tate and Regan Tumulty. Or Regan Tumulty. So who's the highest? don't know. Ross um, Matthews. Really? Ross was the highest? 400 grand there, right, Matt? Wow. I'm not telling him that. Are you saying he's shite? <laughs> <or are> you... <laughs> no, he's a good lad, but he's not tall. He's not a keeper, so you can call him shite if you want. Nah, he's shite. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Hearts fan as well. Oh, he should be worth it. He's probably less than it. Yeah, I'm going to text him, tell him that. In fact, I'm not going to tell him that. He's, he don't get massive. <laughs> nah, I think, I think, like, we got, uh, just speaking in that, like, the boy Lewis Vaughn, he's a cracking player, and unfortunately, he's just done his cruciate for the fourth time. Um, which is, you know, it's, uh, for us, a big blow, but what a player. I think if he, you know, didn't have his injuries, you know, I think he'd be a player that, you know, Hearts, for me, should be kind of, would be looking at. You know, he's, he's a quality player and he's, he's still a young boy and, you know, hopefully he can come back for that again. But, you know, a tough uh, tough time for him now. There's three players on TransferMarket.com from Hearts that are rated at a million or more. Do you think they are? Craig. And all three of the positions. <laughs> Craig up front. Hearts, okay. don't, own, Hearts don't own any of the three. Craig Gordon, oh. Ross Stewart and Harry Stone. Craig Gordon is goalie, Craig Gordon is a set at half and Craig Gordon is a midfielder. <laughs> Two million for Woodburn, a million for Beningamy and a million for Taylor Moore. Craig Gordon have oh. got valued at 450 grand, which is, if I remember rightly, 50 grand more than Ryan McGowan. Is that right? That, yes, it listen, is. I would take that. That's an unbelievable. I bet Craig's got his bus pass, remember, so... Mm. Yeah, that's um, also true. We've also got to remember that this means absolutely nothing. Oh, I know. It's a bit hard. I, I would never be worth 250. I'm probably worth about £2.50 these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit expensive. <laughs> right. Let's fire another question out to you. Um, Andy Munro says, your favourite save from your time at Hearts? 
question. <laughs> Do you know my actual favourite even count? Um, I'll, I'll go to because my my, my favourite save that actually counted would be the Easter Road quarter final League Cup um, from Scott yeah, Robertson. Right hand on, one. Yeah, up onto the bar. Um, that that would probably be my my favourite official save. My second, my other favourite save was at Easter Road again. I think we're two one up. I remember. And James Collins hit a a half volley that was going to top bin, and I've managed to tip it over um, for a corner. And yep. And the lead up to it, obviously, somebody was offside, so it wasn't the official, and that was a bit of a. I was that was one of the cases I was saying earlier, like one of the ones you touch and you try to get the corner. I was actually saying to Bobby Madden that day, Bobby, just give the corner, just so I could get the credit for it. But that was actually what, up there is one of one of my favourites. What were the derbies like that season? Because that was <clears throat> obviously quite a a grim campaign for the administration season. Yeah, but the derbies oh, just brilliant. still seemed to have the edge, didn't they? They're probably. Obviously, that was the, for me the best part. I think the the one at Tynecastle where we won two nothing. Um, the last, the, well, it was the relegation party, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that that was probably one of I'd be up there one of my favourite games ever, just because I think the the hostility and the Hibs crowd and obviously the mocking and like they turned up with all the beach balls and oh no, well sorry, they, they, they turned up with all sorts with the del. I were having a part of the relegation party and to go and win two nothing. You know, was it Billy King that scored the second? Yeah, mm. yeah, right and, in the death. Yeah, and, and I, you, I, I just took off. And you sprint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first time, my, first time in my career, I was like, do you know what? I was like, this could be, which turned out to be the last one I did play. I was like, this could be the last one I'd be involved in. I was like, I'm, I'm going to celebrate, and it was just, you know, for me that was just one of the best. Derbies, you know, I've, I've I've been involved in, even just the whole game. I think I had like I had all sorts of coins chucked at me. I had lighters. <laughs> I had a seat. A I had a I had no, a, I seat. a drumstick. Like a sweet. No, like a, a, a proper. Chicken. No, like a for a and drum bang a drum proper drumstick. <laughs> and then the most surreal thing: a boy chucked one of his shoes at me. Come on, now. It was a brand new Adidas Gazelle shoe. It was a green one. Pass us uh, the other one. <laughs> honestly, I, I, a, I think it was actually a good phone SNS pick somewhere, and it's me kidding on to sniff it and chuck it away. <laughs> what was Lockie but, like on that day? Oh, brilliant. Lockie in any Derby day was brilliant. Like, <laughs> like Lockie's he's hard staffed, and you know, I think that's, that's the one thing that. Even when Lockie was before he was mad, and even just having around as a coach, even during Palo's time and things like that, like you need people like that, like you know, proper hearts men about the place, just to, especially when you're bringing maybe in players from abroad that that don't know the game and don't maybe realise, you know, the the significance of a derby. You know, Lockie was always there talking about like how he hated Hibs and. And just just making you aware of how important the fixture was, and he was always hyper. Yeah, you know, he was like a kid at Christmas and Derby. We day. lose today, I can't go back to Boomtown. <laughs> that. <laughs> that was pretty much. I hope that's what you realise. <laughs> that's a blessing. Uh, I can't talk yeah. to my father. I can't show my face to my family and yeah. things like that. It's just that, yeah. but it was it was good to have. As I say, he made you he made you want to win it as well. You know, for him more than anything, probably. He also put that, yeah, that personal touch on it in terms of like it affects so many people. So sometimes yeah. when you come into a new club, you're not, you don't exactly, you understand it's a big game, but you're kind of in your individual bubble. But to realise how many people that affects and to have Lockie at the club who, if you do lose a derby, is just moping around to the next one, it is good yeah. to to have those types of people in there just to realise how much it does affect you know, so many people. Jimmy, here's a, a question for you um, regarding a save. It was a really mm-hmm. good save when you were playing for Hearts and it was a save from a Hearts player. Can you remember? Was it Gauzer? Just... <laughs> Did they shout one? Um, was it Jordan McGee? 
against Motherwell at home. Oh, how do you remember? That is outstanding. How do you remember? It's a bad memory. Is that what, is that, I, I, I remember my, my goalie union, I remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't remember, I don't remember everybody else's, but I remember my saves. I, I didn't make, make enough of them. There's only well, 10 of them. I, he nearly put three, he was only 17, he nearly put three on net. What did you make of McGowan's performance that day, by the way? Right. Me. I just, see, I, see, I couldn't, I couldn't I said, tell you anything about Ryan. I, I just remember that no, save. Hold, hold on, I didn't say Ryan. I said McGowan's performance. Oh, Dylan. Ah, Young Dylan. Oh, fantastic. The, the much better brother. <laughs> <laughs> Not just right. playing wise, as a guy as well. Like, funny guy, really funny, really likeable. He's not on this course. Do you need to say that? <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dylan McGowan. <laughs> I'd have been brilliant if you did. <laughs> Ryan, can, Ryan can bring him on or whatever. There you yeah. go. So, good memory, son. Uh, I, can mem- I can remember saves. Uh, that's all I've got. All right. Who, who was the Aberdeen sub in the November before that when Hearts won 3 1 at Pitodri that you had a flying tip over the bar from? <laughs> Scott Vernon. Oh, come on now. This is really <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> I'm, not doing, I'm not doing a quiz with you about your saves. Uh, I can, I can, as I say, I remember saves. I just didn't remember anything else. Right. It's like Robbo's goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I'm finished. I'm not getting them right. That was my first commentary game. That 3-1 win at Petardry. Do you yeah. remember it? Could you could you have told who who put the the shot in that Jamie? Saved? No. All all I remember is um, Steve's goal. Steve-O's I, Jamie goal. Langfield yeah. being up for the corner at the yeah. end. <laughs> Steve was still being too slow to try and get up there, so he just yeah. ended up shooting from about thirty yards. He absolutely zinged in the top corner, didn't he? Big Steve. Get Steve on. You had Steve on yet? We've not. We've not. There's one no. for you. Sure, you if you'll tell me a few stories. Does he not swear stories. a lot? He's from like nah. years, you know? Irvin. Nah, I think he, he'll, he'll be. He's, he's, got, he's got his address. He's got his address tattooed on his arm. So he remembers it. Oh, Him and Hamill were good family. You should get those two on as a, oh, a Steve, double act. Steve-O, to be fair, Steve and Hamill, see the administration season, they kept the place going. Like, there probably were a few of the younger boys that hated them just because they were <laughs> in your face. But to be fair to them, like, they would just go for each other all the time. Like, they're so funny. How funny with up the back of the bus and that. Like, oh. just slaughter each other constantly. You should get them on. You get that. It's a good duo to get on. So, Jamie, what what, yes. what what lies ahead for you this season and beyond? You obviously almost, well, fairly close to getting a shot at being back up in the Premiership playoffs last season. That must be the target again this campaign. Yeah, I think, you know, if we can, we can get in the playoffs again, uh, you know... It's, it's going to be difficult, you know. The problem, kind of, like our, our club is, you got a lot of turnover per year, and obviously, we, you you don't have the budgets to maybe compete with, you know, like your Kilmarnock's coming down, who still probably have quite a healthy budget. I think even Inverness this year, um, even Dunfermline, I think are meant to have a healthy budget, and obviously the, the league table right now doesn't show that. But uh, if we can get playoffs again. And manage to keep, you know, I'm, I, I don't know how this year's going to go. You know, there's always a chance. You just never know. But I think if we were to manage to, you know, get a wee run in the playoffs again and and keep the majority squad and add three or four, you know, I think we've we've definitely got a chance of of getting into the the Premiership and, and competing. Um, you know, we under uh, going back to John. You know, who he was he was my my youth coach when I first joined Hearts and. It's great working with him again, and you know his philosophy of football's changed. You know, we we try to play a lot for the back, and you know I'm thoroughly enjoying it now. And and even doing that role, you know, playing for the back a lot more stuff that I've never probably never really felt comfortable in my career doing. And you know, it's a different stage, and you know I thoroughly enjoy it, Rafe. Uh, now and and hopefully we can we can have a good season. Have you ever asked John about that time he thought that Ryan McGowan could play centre midfield? <laughs> The disrespect of that comment is terrible. <laughs> Ryan can play anywhere. Stick him anywhere. Thank well, you, he could Jamie. try. I mean, <laughs> I never say it'd be good, but he could. He could try. 
<laughs> the only other utility player I've seen like him would be Egbert Jonsson, which I think has actually played in every single position for Hart and Midlovian, apart from goalkeeper. Yeah. No, remember he went in goals, didn't he? Did they go in goals? I can't remember. Did they definitely go in goals one of the games as well? He probably did. I know he played pretty much every outfield position anyway. He was that <sighs> ultimate utility man. It's just a good footballer. That's what it is. <laughs> good footballer. I've got a serious question. See, obviously, when you were coming through and you had Craig Gordon, Jim Stewart in goals, do you reckon that gave you a really good goalkeeping grounding? So, obviously, you've been to a lot of clubs. Do you always just look back and be thankful yeah. that you had that as you were coming through as a youngster? Like, such high-quality, yeah. obviously, goalie up, and goalkeeper coaching? Yeah, I'm probably really grateful for that, looking back now, rather than... Even when I first joined, my first four months, Anthony Yemi was still there. Oof. Um, now you're showing so, your age. I know, <laughs> but so for that, but as you say that, that is a really good point because it's like as a, a young kids these days are kind of separated a lot of the time. I think the bigger clubs from mm-hmm. the first team goalkeepers where we all train together. Uh, even even from like going as a 16 year old, you would train with the uh, the first team goalies. You would you would all put together. So I definitely think that was probably a an added you know, bonus for me growing up and probably helped develop better because you, you were working with quality every day and, you know, if you you had to get your standards up to, to be at least just to be in the same, you know, like pitch as they guys. So it probably helped it for that point of view. And as you say, like looking back now, I think, yeah, it, it probably was a big factor in terms of being able to develop at probably a better rate than I maybe would have if I was, was stuck in, you know, a... a I just under 19 training with boys your own age all the time Ryan McGowan sees himself as a bit of a an Ally McCoy down the line he's going to he's going to be the, in the making, isn't he? he's going to be the media Listen, darling after down that the line. question I could kick both of you out and just start my own podcast because that was the best question he's been asked all night you, you uh, probably you know, could do you know you didn't turn up till halfway through because you were, <laughs> you were playing, playing soapy bubbles with John Obi Mikel <laughs> <laughs> but for you Jamie what, what, what do you think will what what are your sort of thoughts in terms of obviously you can play till you're at least forty three going by <laughs> Buffon, but do you do you fancy staying in football or, or what do you think will happen later down the line? Um, do you know what? Right now, I just I just want to play for as long as I can. You know, I'm enjoying it as I say. Um, not that I've never enjoyed, but yeah, I'm just enjoying it for what it is now. Um, you know, just try to make the most of it and. And just enjoy every game that I can, and, and play as much as I can. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to, to at least think I can get to to my forties anyway. Um, after that, truthfully, not really interested in staying football. Um, you know, I've I've got. I think a lot of people they don't see the the sacrifice you make. Like you know, you've 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 got the, the I suppose it's a double. Double side coin. You've got the fact that you get home in the afternoons early enough. You know you're not working nine to five. You're you're generally home in the afternoon. You know two three in the afternoon. You've got the rest of the day yourself. But I think a lot of people don't see the the fact that you know you miss a lot in the weekends. Having a young family, you know, I think I I kind of want to step back from football a little bit and 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 spend a lot of my my weekends with the family. So yeah, that's I I think that I probably go down that route anyway. Well, whatever you go down, um, we wish you all the best. And obviously for the season ahead, hopefully it's a decent one for Wraith Rovers and we can see you back up in the top flight next season. Maybe you can admire Craig Gordon's hair another time closer. <laughs> I'll be a bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> you can maybe get him to sign your gloves. <laughs> I'm sure I've got plenty of signed stuff for me anyway. My room's covered in posters. <laughs> We just call us the Craig Gordon oh. podcast. But we're all fanboys. It's fine. It's 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 been a pleasure, uh, Jamie. Thank you for coming on. And I don't know how Ryan managed to weasel his way into this one, but oh, I'll tell you, I never. No, I'm I'm sticking up for him here. I know we have a back Thank and you. forward, but you're welcome. He kindly agreed. It was cloak and dagger dancer. I didn't want to get you involved because you'd be like the grumpy teacher. <laughs> so we, we, sort, we sorted it out and um, I'm glad that Jimmy didn't say anything bad about Ryan. <laughs> nah, nothing really nothing to say. I don't think anybody will hear anything bad to say about Ryan, to be fair. Oh, you're too like kind. We'll give you that money now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it's been nice, nice chatting to you. Some old faces and Mark as well. So 
it's been a while. Aye, I'm back in Scotland next month, by the way, so I can finally pick up my Jamie McDonald Queen of the South jersey that you promised back in 2000 and whatever, and I never managed to pick up. Oh. Did I? Ah, it's not holding a grudge. Oh. Yeah, no. Anything. Is that, that the only reason why you got me in the podcast? No, <laughs> bring no, up. no. He just sent me a message <laughs> saying, bring up that Queen of the South top. <laughs> I'd prefer a Jamie McDonald Hearts jersey than a Queen of the South one, but yeah, I'll take anything I get. I'm, yeah. I'm very grateful. We get to the attic, son. <laughs> thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Been no worries. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Ryan. Good luck with no worries. your Say Jabba. Yeah, good luck, mate. All the best for this season. See you when I'm back. All goes right. well. Yeah, give us a shout when you're next over. 400 grand. Oh, I was asking 400 for grand. I will do, mate. I will do. 650. Yeah, 650 grand between you two, by the way. I mean, wow. And that's we get you both for nothing. By, uh, by the way, 250, that's very generous. I don't think I've been that high in my life. Never yeah, mind now. Honest, I'm not sure it did stipulate which currency. Ah, right. <laughs> Maybe Turkish lira. Turkish lira. Aye. <laughs> there's, there's a <laughs> cup of coffee. Uh, Thank you, boys. Uh, thanks, right. guys. No worries. Cheers, Cheers lads. Thanks. See you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. That was our interview slash chat with <laughs> former Hearts goalkeeper Jamie McDonald, and also. Pitch Invader. Ryan McGowan, who we just Podcast can't seem Vader. to get rid of now. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of him. Love no, I know, them. I know. We're like, we're like Tom and Jerry or Itchy and Scratchy and whatever. There's there's always uh, back and forward. But isn't it great? Two of the 11. What's that? Just under... <laughs> whatever the math is. I used to be decent at... I used to be decent at maths. Came over here. They took the S off maths, and it's math over here, which oh, I never don't. understood. But do, do not go down at that kind of tangent no, at this no, point. I'm, no. <laughs> this is what, the fourth part of... Great chat. Enjoyed it. Um, can I suggest homework then? Can I follow up with yeah. some homework based on the conversation we've just had? So, um, since... We're kind of doing this about 20 minutes or so after we've spoken to the boys. And I messaged um, Craig Gordon about a, a goalkeeper for a Hearts moaning or grumpy 11. And because Jamie and Ryan in, in the podcast that you've just listened to suggested that Craig might be the one to go in. Craig's not having any of that. He wants Roddy McKenzie as the goalkeeper. Now, I'm sure they, they spent more time with him. Nice guy, Roddy. But it's raging because he never had a proper run at number one. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. So the homework for this week is simple. Come up with your own grumpy Hearts 11. I like it. You can tweet at Around the Funnel and you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. We should probably look ahead um, briefly, at the very least, to this coming weekend when Heart of Midlothian travel to Dingwall to play Ross County. And it's a big three games coming up, I think, for Hearts, Mark, because we've we've had a couple of games we've dropped points, and I don't think it's the end of the world. It's at home to to the better teams in the league, but we've set ourselves up quite nicely for, and this does not mean that we will win them, but for three winnable matches. Yes, um, and if we can get seven out of nine, I think it would be a... I, I, I would take that. I'd be happy with that. If we're still unbeaten, we've won two and, and drawn the other one. I'm always very wary of setting targets and over a, over a period of games because I remember Stephen Frail when he was in interim charge of Hearts. We had a Christmas period and at his press conference, he, he kind of said, we've looked at the next five games and we're targeting 15 points from, from these five. We think we can win them all. They didn't win any of them, so there's always there's always that danger. Uh, I I just think now we touched upon it earlier about I, I, I'd be happier right now until we get sorted and how to deal with teams that want to come to Tancastle and sit in. I'm happier right now to play a, a team like Cross County away from home because they kind of have to come and and have a go. So we'll see what happens this weekend. 
What I do like about Hearts these days is the strength and depth in the squad that we have. So if we get to the hour mark and players aren't pulling their weight or aren't playing well, there are some really good options on the bench to, to come on. We've not had that luxury for a while. So if it is nil-nil or maybe, unfortunately, we're, we're trailing, we do have game changers on the bench. So it's not as much of a panic if we're not uh, doing as well as we'd hoped than it was in that first game of the season against Celtic where, I mean, it was, it was kids on the bench and, and very little depth whatsoever. Yeah, and this is a Ross County team who are been thrown together in some respects. They've started the season fairly poorly, two points from their five games without a win at this stage. So what I really hope is, you know, the way we approached the Dundee United game where we went to Tanadice and we dominated that first half. We took the game to them, we dominated possession. I really hope that we do have that approach on Saturday up in the Highlands, that we take the game to them, we look on paper and say, you know, we're the team in better form, we've got better players, let's take the game to them, let's not be cautious about this. And it doesn't mean you have to go gung-ho, and I don't think we're that type of team, but I think we should be taking this game, and we should be trying to take this game by the scruff of the neck, despite the fact we're away from home. Um, but anyway, thank you for tuning in to the two-parter um, of this week's episode of Scarves Around the Funnel, episode 151. Um, we will be back next week, hopefully to discuss a victory for hearts up in the Highlands. But as always, whatever happens, we will be back. And until then, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.